I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Get our Dynasty Dominator app in the App Store. It's got a trade analyzer. It's got a player comparison tool. It's got a price lookup tool, ADPs. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Sonic Truth Dynasty-focused fantasy football podcast. I'm Alan Soslowski of RotorWire.com, moderator of the Sonic Truth podcast, along with Theo Greminger and the Podfather. Theo, Podfather, I think that there's not a, a sensible person in the world that wouldn't say the that C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young, it's over, right? It's over, but... <laughs> But, but here's here's my question for you. Here's how I'm going to set the, frame this. It's really just the orders of magnitude. Is this Sam Bowie and Michael Jordan? Is this Greg Oden and Kevin Durant? Like, how big is the orders of magnitude of this disaster at this point? I tweeted I tweeted this out in week four that I said this is an all time miss, and I got attacked by most people. Thought it was smart. I said it's an all time miss. I said that this is C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young is going to go down as an all time miss. And I said, Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud are so far ahead of Bryce Young right now, it's not even funny. Will Levis. Um, Levis, Levis didn't even exist at this point. <laughs> but that's another conversation to have. Yeah. But the but the but I got attacked by Alabama Twitter, and I got attacked by Carolina Panthers Twitter. The argument that it's receiver-based, that he doesn't have the players that C.J. Stroud has to work with. C.J. Stroud has had career highs. from Dalton Schultz had career highs in catches with him, career highs in yardage with him. Noah Brown the other day. It doesn't need to be made. The, the case doesn't need to be made. Bryce Young doesn't exist. Bryce Young is a low-end QB2 in Superflex Dynasty. He's insulated only because he's the number one pick. He looks small. He does, yeah. he's, not a, he's not a good quarterback. This guy right now is so far behind. It's not even funny. It's, it's an all-time miss. Matt, yeah. it is an all-time miss. Podfather, I just really the, – the question I'm asking you, is this Sam Bowie and Michael Jordan, is it that big of a, a chasm at this point? This is such an embarrassing trade in retrospect. <laughs> Go back and look at what the Bears got from Carolina for that first overall pick. Okay. And even if, even if Carolina had selected CJ Stroud, just based on the valuation, the the average output of what you're getting from the first overall pick, it was an overpay. But at least if it was C.J. Stroud, we could look back in hindsight and say, this is understandable. This is what you have to do. It, a godfather offer is, is what it takes. The Bears received Carolina's first-round pick in 2023, which was the ninth overall pick. Okay, So it wasn't like they had the 29th overall pick and they had to trade all the way up. right? 
it as it turns out, had Carolina just stayed where they were and Bryce Young fell to them at nine, which he wouldn't have, but let's say he did, he would still be a bust. It would have been it would have still been a bad pick. But no, no, no. No, no. It's so much worse. It's so much worse because Carolina gave the Bears the ninth overall pick which became an offensive lineman, which could ultimately help Chicago more than Bryce Young will ever help Carolina. A late second round pick in 2023, number 61 overall, a very valuable pick. A 2024 first rounder, which is going to be top five in a better draft class. And and, and the, the, these are the picks that just really, these are the ones that burn me. These are the ones that I just am intellectually furious about right because it's just it's insulting to the human intellect that you would think that giving up a 2025 second rounder is necessary at all but yet they do it anyway like it's such a hoodwinking move to say, yeah, also, we, we almost have a deal, but you, why don't you also give me your 2025 second rounder and DJ Moore? So why don't we starve this quarterback that you're about to, to draft one overall of an alpha wide receiver? Theo. So it, it was oh. one of the worst trades in the history of sports. Yeah. So calling Bryce Young Sam Bowie at this point is a compliment. It's actually it's it's too friendly of a comparison. There's That's, there's no comparison. It was a catastrophic overpay and then it was a a bust pick from a catastrophic overpay and on top of all that, you have the regret of the guy that went with the very next pick looks generational. It was a confluence of circumstances to make this one of, if not the worst trade in the history of sports. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Matt, you bring up, and Alan, you bring up, like, the C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young comparison. You also throw into the mix... They took him over Anthony Richardson, which a year from now, even now, looks like a horrible mistake. Oh. But then, guys, you conflate it, Matt, with you bring up the better draft class. So from from here on to eternity, uh, Bryce Young is going to be compared to not only C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, but he's going to be compared to Caleb Williams and Drake May. And 
JJ McCarthy by the end of this draft of the end of the college football season is going to be a top 10 pick as well. So Carolina is going to have, and then Allen brings up Will Levis at this <laughs> moment. Allen, you're taking Will Levis over Bryce Young. Aren't you like, yeah, hundred percent. Yes. yes. Yeah. Real football, <laughs> fantasy football. That, so this is a perfect transition into what I was going to ask you guys about something that applies now to fantasy football. People already starting to formulate 2024 startup opinions, right? Like a couple questions here. Like, how far, like, what pick does CJ Stroud go in a super flex draft? Not a rookie draft, not like a real startup draft. I was thinking, like, I wouldn't let him get past pick six, and and that might even be too low on him. I might not get him at pick six in a super flex startup, guys. So the debate we're having right now at Player Profiler, the 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 meeting of the minds, it's the Player Profiler computer, the supercomputer, the algorithm. Right, so you've got the player profiler supercomputer weighing in. Dario Ofstein, head of analytics, weighing in. Evan Ringler, dynasty savant analytics analyst. Dario, right-hand man, weighing in. You have Theo Greminger, one of the best dynasty players in the world, weighing in. And you have me, whatever I am, weighing in. Greatest and human in the world. Well, just very smart at <laughs> fantasy stuff. <laughs> fantasy data guy. Connecticut man, man of the year. Man of the year. The debate is CJ Stroud versus Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow. There you go. You're right like, there. That is and now the conversation, right? That is the conversation. That's the tier he's in. He has surpassed Trevor Lawrence. Of course you want him over Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence couldn't do anything close to this yep. as a as a rookie. And C.J. Stroud's been better than him, even though now Trevor Lawrence has better weapons and has all this experience. And when you look back, oh, wait, actually, C.J. Stroud was uh, just as good, if not better, in college than Trevor Lawrence. And it should have been viewed as the clear-cut 101, the can't-miss 101, just like Trevor Lawrence was. Why C.J. Stroud wasn't viewed as the next Trevor Lawrence, the next Justin Herbert, the next Joe Burrow, I don't know. But we talked about it. We talked about him looking like Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers. Those were the two quarterbacks that C.J. Stroud reminded me of, and he's done nothing other than deliver on that beyond any of our wildest expectations. And if I'm sitting at the... 105 in a super flex startup. I'm going to push the button on Joe Burrow. I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to do it. If not Lamar Jackson, right? It's going to be the, the, Lamar Jackson's in that tier too, right? So I'm assuming Lamar Jackson's gone. I'm probably going to push the button on Burrow. Someone goes Burrow. I'll go Lamar Jackson for now. But when it gets to 106 and it's between Herbert and CJ Stroud, and C.J. Stroud is three and a half years younger and is having a better rookie year than Justin Herbert's rookie year. And C.J. Stroud was a much better college quarterback than Justin Herbert was. Explain to me why I go Herbert over Stroud. Personal preference at this point. That's, that's it. I mean, honestly, it's a personal preference thing, Matt, because it's a tier right now. And I'll say this, like, we still have half of a season to go. And the only thing that you're going to see from C.J. Stroud is him gaining or passing these guys. 
I think like by the end of the day, Lamar Jackson's insulated at QB four because he's kind of like close to that God tier, the rushing ability, the MVP season. Um, but then when you get to quarterback five, it's Stroud, Burrow, Herbert, and and Matt. It's it's personal preference, and I hate saying that. You know, we don't need to fly like flag camp, but I think when you get to the summer, you're going to have all three of those guys in their own mini tier, the very safe, uh, big time pocket passer with some mobility that has shown the ability to elevate his receivers. They're they're just incredible players, all three of them. But CJ Stroud has the most upside in the three. He's by far the youngest and a half a season to gain on those guys. So I, I love it. You know what? Um, I think that all of those quarterbacks that you guys just named, I think that's the tier, whether you break them into an elite tier, a God tier, and a second you know, God tier, is those are all the quarterbacks that should go before the wide receivers start to go. I think now that we get into like the Trevor Lawrence area, now we could have that discussion about like Chase, Jefferson, Amon Ra, CD, you know. So we're always looking to where the wide receiver break is. I think we just defined it right there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that, that that's the conversation, right? It's you're going quarterback from what pick one through pick seven in a super flex startup. If you're going anything other than quarterback, you're doing it wrong. Then we have a conversation. Once it's Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, that's a conversation. Right. Yeah, that's it's all yep. about ro- how you want to build your roster at that point. But yeah, one through seven, I, I love that. that listen, this just kind of came out of a discussion right here, but I think this is a really good piece of actionable takeaway, guys. I mean, let's just talk about like the 2023 class in general, though. Like, w- is this class good? Is this class not good? I, I would like to do a very lightning quick exercise where we redraft the 2023 rookies at some point, guys, where, you know, just knowing what we know now, you know, all hindsight stuff. Is this a good class? I, I refuse, Alan. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this exercise. You want to know why? <laughs> I'm not making a single pick. You want to know why? <laughs> I'm trading all these picks. <laughs> I'm trading all these picks. I don't want this class has been. The underreported disaster of Dynasty. Right? Wake up, people. Wake up. Bijan Robinson has been a disappointment. Jameer Gibbs has delivered a couple weeks. Right? A lot of these sleepers are still asleep in Dynasty. It's being carried. This draft class is being carried by tight ends and CJ Stroud. That's it. And so if a class is being carried by one quarterback and a bunch of tight ends, I couldn't be less interested. It's not possible. It's not It's not possible. And you can certainly point to certain players that are having good seasons. And hey, what about player X? Hey, Jordan Addison's actually delivering. Yeah, Jordan Addison's delivering. In a world where Justin Jefferson was out, sure. It seems that every wide receiver who profiles as a beta receiver in the league, right? Whenever you go down the board, we go down the board of all these receivers that were coming out in 2023. And what were we saying to every single one of these guys? Hey, his ceiling best case scenario, this is the next Devontae Smith. No, he's the next Devontae Smith. No, he's the next Devontae Smith. You know who reminds me of Devontae Smith? Josh Downs. You know who reminds me of Devontae Smith? Zay Flowers. Actually, you know who's Devontae Smith? It's Jordan Addison right? But guess what? There were no alphas in this class. And which team 
was the most suckered by that because there's always a team. There's two teams, uh, and I think we can now agree that there's one team that has the worst front office in the league. The worst front office in the league is the Carolina Panthers. They're leading. Carolina Panthers are the worst. I mean, you just traded everybody. What did it cost? Everything. To, to, to get what? A 5-9 game manager? You traded everything for a 5-9 game manager quarterback? What are you doing? What are you doing? And th this was the criticism that we had from the beginning. C.J. Stroud, 85 touchdowns, 12 interceptions the last two seasons. He's not a system quarterback any more than Pat Mahomes was a system quarterback at Texas Tech. That's why Patrick Mahomes wasn't the first overall pick, because they threw that ultimate insult at him. He was a system quarterback. He was so prolific because of Texas Tech. And C.J. Stroud was so prolific and good because of the coaches at Ohio State and the system and the wide receivers. It wasn't his ability. And it's like, well, okay, no, my operating assumption is that a player is his production. And then, you know, you, you have to really come with a strong argument that, no, that's actually not true, right? Hendon Hooker was a much better argument. This was a system quarterback than C.J. Stroud. I forgot about him. <laughs> we look back and what do we actually have in this class? We have a bunch of guys that are maybe Devontae Smith. Maybe, but none of them are actually Devontae Smith because Devontae Smith won the Heisman. But what is Devontae Smith in, in the NFL? He's a high-end beta. When you look up, anyone that drafted Devontae Smith isn't actually happy about it. Devontae Smith's giving you the bare minimum of what you expect from a late second, early third round wide receiver. Most people believe, you poll any fantasy gamer, most people say, hey, Devontae Smith is a disappointment this year. Big time. Okay, and so and that goes right along with aligns perfectly with this draft class because this draft class was just a bunch of wannabe Devonte Smiths, right? You had Zay Flowers starting hot and fading. He's a wilting flower at this point. You have Puka Nakua, same thing, thriving when there's no target competition, and then when the target competition returns, suddenly, okay. He looks more and more like a late fifth-round pick. And we just go down the board. Oh, the hope that is Rashi Rice if he just gets more snaps. If he could just get more snaps. Oh, Josh Downs is producing. And now he is out with a knee injury. And then it's just, oh, look at Devon A-Chain's prolific. This guy's epic. He's out. Right? So the moment... A player exceeds expectations. There's a vaudevillian cane that just pulls him off the stage. And then you just get the guys that have just been consistently week in, week out, like B. John Robinson, missing expectations and disappointing. And then we look up, and what do we got? A couple tight ends, and we got a quarterback. Yippee! You've had... So, you know, you bring up the, the wide receivers. I'll give you that, Matt. But I will say that the running backs, like B. John is still going to be a top two. He's, you know, he's still going to be a top two startup at the running back position, no matter what happens. And then Gibbs and, and A-Chain are both going to be top five. <laughs> They're both going to be top five running backs in startups. You've had a, a RB1 overall week from Gibbs, like last week. Oh, an RB1 week? An RB1 overall week. 
Wow, he did really good. And 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 we had H we had that one week from A Chain too, didn't we? Wow, we did. We've had weeks. We had we got we had a week from Tank Dell. We had a week. Don't you can't take that away from us. Three weeks, three twenty plus week point weeks for Tank Dell. How about no weeks from Jackson Smith and Jigba? How about no on. weeks from Quinton Johnston? Good deal. Quinton Johnston bust. That one, that one for sure. Hey, 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 by the way, just so we can set this up for anyone that has not tuned into the show before, just so we can have this on wax for the record, for the internet forever. Who was the bust quarterback identified by me from the beginning? The guy that was getting drafted because he aced a test that has oh. proven to predict nothing. Matt, the, the haters, you got to brush them off your shoulders because you gave them the bust wide receiver and the bust quarterback, but you're not going to hear that. You'll hear about some podfather take that you made like three years ago that was incorrect. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So so the, the two biggest busts from the first round per the podfather many, many months ago, Bryce Young and Quinton Johnston. And where are we? Right? We're in week 10 and it is catastrophic. Unfortunately... Unfortunately, they are <laughs> more the norm than the outliers from this class. So there's a lot of other busts on this bus with these two guys. The NFL told us, the NFL told us, they said, hey, there isn't a top 15 wide receiver in this class. I know you want Jackson Smith and Jigba to be that, but he's a slot receiver in the league and he actually doesn't have the ceiling that you fantasy people think he does. And so when you look back, at, there were four wide receivers drafted the previous year in 2022 before any of the 2023 receivers were drafted. Wouldn't it be nice to have a London or an Olave or a Garrett Wilson in the 2023 class, but we didn't have that kind of talent in that 2023 class. We were all going to the senior bowl, trying to find seniors, right? With our binoculars squinting to see if we could see how Jaden Reed can become a thing. And now it's becoming apparent it's not going to become a thing. We're just squinting at all these guys. And the the receiver that was squinted on the most at the Senior Bowl was Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo, because he was the alpha trap. What happens is there's going to be draft classes that are devoid of talent at particular positions. It could be right tackle, right? It could be some position right strong safety there are some drafts with just there's nobody right there was nobody at x receiver available except michael wilson who was hurt his entire college career so there wasn't enough tape for some nfl scouts to even do a proper evaluation of michael wilson okay so you have michael wilson and no other quality x receivers in that void NFL teams can't help themselves. If they feel like they need an X receiver, they're just going to draft the best one on their board, even though he's really a fourth-round talent. But if he's the best of what's available, NFL teams cannot help themselves. And they're going to draft a Mingo. They're going to draft a Quinton Johnson because they need that body type, just like New England the year prior needed a stretch player. And they're like, well, it's got to be Tyquan Thornton over George Pickens. It's not because they actually thought George Pickens was a better receiver. It's like, we need this position to run our offense. 
We we are lacking this particular skill set. We're going out into the draft way too early, but this is what NFL teams do because we're just shopping for this particular skill set, this very narrow definition of what we need. We need a Z receiver with sub 4-4 speed. We're down to Tyquan Thornton. And the mistake that fantasy gamers make year in, year out is they then overrate that decision as draft capital and put all this weight on the draft capital of Quinton Johnston and Jonathan Mingo, where it was just a team filling a need in a class that was devoid of that particular guy. And so that's why whenever anyone's creating a model, my my first recommendation is always, if you're assessing prospects, wherever the market is assessing draft capital, discount that 50%. You've also got your your Mingo point also, Matt, conflates the the bad front office of Carolina because like the whole crutch of Bryce Young needs receivers. We can name Allen. You could name like seven guys that have been taken after Mingo that would have given him a much better chance this year. It's uh that also like they took Mingo uh, as the fifth as the fifth overall pick, uh, fifth overall wide receiver selected in this draft class. You know what? It's similar to like when you're in a dynasty draft and you're just like, oh man, I need a running back, so I'm going to take a running back. And there's still better position uh, wide receivers on the board. It's trying to fill that need, check off that box on what your actual team needs versus taking the best talent. But guys, let's pause the conversation here. We're going to take a quick break uh, from from our from people supporting the show, from our sponsors. And then when we come back, I want to change the conversation over to some of the veteran quarterbacks that have a little bit of uncertainty. And if those guys are players we should be trading for at our Dynasty League trade deadline. This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony, doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio. And the beauty is, once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD. Gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo, start building your portfolio, and then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader. Reset, guys. I'm Alan Soslowski of Rotowire.com, moderator of the Sonic Truth podcast here with Theo Greminger and the Podfather. Today, we're going to talk about trade deadline deals. Hopefully, your Dynasty League doesn't have a trade deadline coming up right here, but it, some do, and then some go right up to the playoffs. So, you know what? Just larger conversation, guys. Should Dynasty Leagues have trade deadlines? Sometimes I fall on the side of, you know, once the playoffs start, only let playoff teams trade with each other, let non-playoff teams trade with each other. I mean, there's no right or wrong. Uh, there's just an opinion. So, 
let's just get a broader view before we start discussing some of the trades that we've seen and maybe evaluate. Before we do that, I want to say Mojo is the best new fantasy app that's out there. One of the reasons why I'm, I'm so confident in promoting them and so enthusiastic about it is because it just is very, very cool. The ability to move in and out of positions during the game. So anyone that is signing up for Mojo this weekend using promo code UNDERWORLD, email me, podfather at rotounderworld.com, podfather at rotounderworld.com. If you sign up for Mojo, I will give you a premium player profiler membership, the all-in package, a free all-in package for the rest of the season. The first three people to email me will get that. Use promo code UNDERWORLD with Mojo and then email me, podfather at rotounderworld.com. I do have trade deadlines. I believe in trade deadlines. There's no reason to allow people to be trading from Thanksgiving through New Year's, right? You're trading all year, right? There's just one month or a little over a month where you're not trading because you're out of contention. Go sit in the corner. You're out of it. And let the people, let the grown-ups that are trying to win compete without like a parachute coming down from the the Hunger Games dome at the very last minute to unfairly help a guy who, you know, just happens to be friends with everybody in the league in the semifinals. It's just not right. It doesn't feel right. Even when you do it, you feel dirty doing it. So why do it? Both sides hate themselves while they're doing it. So don't allow them to do it. Just have a trade deadline, and that's it. I'm pro trade deadline as well. I think that like when FFPC does it is about right, which is in about 20 days. They have it at finishes. It's a Sunday, so you can trade right up into those to that week's games. Um, but like like Matt said. You have to have like a little bit of control. The ones who have no trade deadline, especially during the playoffs, it's like super weird. And then when you get those crazy trades like the week before the playoffs start, you get weird league imbalances. It's just not a – it's chaos, Matt. It's anarchy, and we can't have it. you got to have some sort of control. So, Alan, I think like, yeah, December December uh, seems like a, a time people shouldn't be making dynasty trades. That's about yeah. right. Um, that makes sense to me. All right, put in the chat if uh, you believe there should be a trade deadline in your Dynasty League, and also put in the chat where what your trade deadline is. Week what? What are some of the, the weird parameters or rules about it? We want to know and share that with everybody. We uh, very interested. This is a topic where... I mean, would you, do you not feel dirty, Alan, doing it? If you drop like a Tyreek Hill on a semifinalist, do you not feel dirty? Do you not feel like this can't possibly be allowed, but I'm doing it, I guess? Trade deadline for me is always one week is the second to last week of the regular season. That has shifted when we got one extra game. That's how I've always done it, but I'm open to uh, scrutiny. So to answer your question, yes, I would not like that. I would not be happy if it was happening against me. So there it is. Um, guys, some of the players, I want to talk about some of the quarterbacks. So there's been a quarterback injuries, and we always talk about on Dynasty shows, buy low, sell high, but like the real actionable advice, like the true buy low is buying distressed assets, players that are injured. So it's time to talk about Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Nick Chubb. If you're trying to buy low, who are the players that we 
want to buy low on that we think can have viability next year? And what is the what does buy low actually mean as far as transactions? What type of players? If I'm not in contention this year, Kirk Cousins is one that I would invest in, and I, I could keep him on the IR and had know that I have probably a starting quarterback next year. I think that Minnesota wants to go back to Cousins. The team's wearing Kirk Cousins t-shirts on the sideline. He's leading the NFL in passing touchdowns. He's going to want to be a Viking. That's like it's team context, Alan, because you can't really take on uh, Kirk Cousins, um, you know, unless you're a basically a rebuild team or a team with incredible QB depth. Did you hear what you just said, by the way? Who would ever thought that Kirk Cousins is part of a rebuild? Well, <laughs> technically it would be a, you'd have to like a rebuild, you know, we could get into this more in the off season, but even a rebuild these days, like you're going to get yourself in contention in two years. We're not advocating for some like four year rebuild. No, um, that usually doesn't work. So it's rebuilds happening sooner than later. And, and Alan having a Kirk Cousins, a, when we enter the season next year, he'll end up being a top 15 quarterback in redraft. So he'll have trade, he'll have trade value, um, and you can move him if you're not ready to go. If you think you're ready to go, you have a built-in QB2 with QB1 upside. Kirk Cousins is exactly the type of guy we want to advocate people to go get. The guys that are dangerous, though, Alan. Kirk Cousins is going to be 35 at the start of next season, right? 35 years old. So even if you don't think you can compete next year, you better be preparing your team to compete the following year. 2025, right? That That is the the latest you would accept your team being competitive. And if you're trying to plan for 2026 and 2027, you're doing it wrong, you're doomed to fail, right? Yeah. So let's just think about Kirk Cousins in that situation, okay? In 2025, that's Kirk Cousins' age 36 season. And quarterbacks play till age 40. Someone like Kirk Cousins can absolutely play out to age 40. He's had very few injuries in his career. So we're talking about his age 36, 37, and 38 season. So this is the most unlikely rebuild quarterback of my lifetime. But actually, given the situation that he has Justin Jefferson, that he has job security, that he has this three-year window where quarterbacks are still productive, Right. Yes. Age 39, 40. You start to see a Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers decline. But Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger had a litany of lower body injuries for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers having a bad ankle or a bad Achilles or a bad knee or a hamstring is not a surprise. There were many years where Aaron Rodgers could not finish the season, where he was missing three or four games with some sort of you know, serious hamstring injury, something. Aaron Rodgers has missed a lot more games with injury than most people think. Same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. His entire arm was falling off. He had a reconstructed elbow, a reconstructed shoulder, okay? And yet still, like, was leading the league in pass attempts in 2018, right? Kirk Cousins has been a picture of health. He's been 16, 17 games a season every single year. You're going to look up, and age 39 Kirk Cousins is going to be a productive NFL quarterback. So you could absolutely rebuild around him in Superflex. Yeah. How about Daniel Jones, J.K. Dobbins? I'm just throwing names out there because these are the players that are gettable right now if you think that they're going to be viable in 2024, guys. 
I personally don't want to go out and get Daniel Jones. I have a lot of concerns about his long-term viability. I think that New York's going to move on at the quarterback position, and then we start getting to hoping he lands in a Baker Mayfield-like situation. A lot of times, guys, for every Baker Mayfield, you get Jameis Winston types that just never become the starter. So, Theo, second round pick, second round pick, uh, random in twenty twenty four for Daniel Jones. You wouldn't take him on if you if you're if you're really worried about your second of your superflex quarterback depth. Like I'm talking about, this is the dollar bin pricing right now. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making that trade, but I'm not feeling great about it, oh, and I'd have to be in God. bad quarterback shape. I'd have to be in you, bad quarterback shape because you can get yeah. it done. Yeah, you can get it done. I'm not interested in that trade, Alan. That who's that trade's not helping me, right? That trade is not helping me. I might, I might have a lottery ticket for the second round that could hit. Like, there's no way Daniel Jones is ever going to hit, right? He's he's just going to essentially hurt my ability to get a higher draft pick if my team is bad, and he's not going to help me win a championship. So, what are you getting from Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is like, should be radioactive. There's, it's not helping you. He's not good. Okay, he needs the perfect conditions to be successful. He needs that extra second from the offensive line. He needs quality receivers. He doesn't have any of that, and he's only getting older, rushing less. Everything is trending in the wrong direction with a guy like Daniel Jones. And there's other quarterbacks that I'm not necessarily interested in buying low on either. Russell Wilson. There's real long-term risk about his viability in the league. Suddenly, Geno Smith, with all these weapons, is not delivering. And he only had a decade of not delivering prior, right? When a quarterback finds himself getting that extra second from a, an offensive line that is coalescing and happens to be you know, facing some softer secondaries, you can put together a whole season of efficient production and fool almost everybody into thinking you're back or you were what was promised 10 years ago when it's never going to happen for Daniel Jones. He was always a reach by Dave Gettleman. It was a bust pick then. It's a bust pick now. One solid good fantasy year is not going to change that for Geno Smith. It's not going to change that for Daniel Jones. Russell Wilson is an interesting case, and there's a little more nuance in that the problem is his coach is not fireable. So now someone has to fall on the sword in Denver, and it's almost always the coach. But Denver just traded a first-round pick for that coach, and this coach is appearing in commercials, right? So this is a, a, a coach with a brand. It's a coach that they just forfeited a first round pick to get and so it's it's a tricky situation it's much trickier than it would appear on the surface with russell wilson and i think he's less secure much less secure i mean kirk cousins is worlds more secure longer term for the next three years in his role as a starting nfl quarterback than russell wilson so most of these quarterbacks i'm terrified by i'd rather just go all the way down the board and trade for a Josh Dobbs, who has a great chance to be a starter next year, has been exceeding all expectations, has the mobility, doesn't have the brand name that you have to overpay for in Superflex. And I'll throw it out there, as gross as it sounds, 
Baker Mayfield might be earning himself a second year in a row as starting quarterback in Tampa. That's He's it. performing well. That's He's it. Performing well. You're talking about a 28 year old, which is so weird when you think about like Baker Mayfield only being 28. It feels like we've been talking about him for like 15 years. But he's 28 years old, and he's gonna he's he's doing well in Tampa. Just was in a shootout against C.J. Stroud, where he played well, and he they're gonna price themselves out of the big of the big quarterbacks in this draft class. They might win the, their division. So Baker Mayfield's one I would look at. I would also kick the tires, guys. Instead of going like, you know, hoping these guys stick around like a Daniel Jones, I would kick the tires on Sam Howell. Because I don't think people know how to properly price him in Dynasty. Whoa, whoa. What do you mean? What do you mean? Kick the tires. This guy's been prolific. This guy's putting up 300 yards a game. Yeah. This guy's a tactical scrambler. He's giving you some rushing production. Most people are now in on Sam Howell as the quarterback in Washington in 2024, including Washington's front office, Washington's coaching staff. I think there's a disconnect with dynasty managers. You're not kicking the tires on Sam Howell. Sam Howell is is officially established. I think that Sam Howell is harder to get than you think. Have you seen someone trading for Sam Howell at a reasonable price recently? Only before the season. Not not no, now. No, man. Yeah. No, the guy actually the Sam Howell is what we wanted Kenny Pickett to be. Exactly. And so that's the name. If you were trying to kick the tires on a guy that's been who's down and out, right? Who's like when you when you say kick the tires, I envision a car that doesn't work, right? A car that's parked with flat tires and rust. But man, if we could kick the tires on this thing and get this get it reinflated, you know, and someone could work on the engine, this thing could really start. This thing could really become something. We could start this thing up. And uh, it, it could be a roadster. This would be this would be interesting. Kenny Pickett is that guy. It's not over for Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is a guy that's difficult to to invest in, in my opinion, because we just haven't seen anything from him. It's impossible. But that's what you're talking. About. When you talk about guys that the market is having a difficult time, mar- that's the guy. The markets has a difficult time with Sam Howell, though, guys. Like. We can we can bring redraft over to this. Even two weeks ago, Matt, you could get Sam Howell on waiver wires in a lot of leagues. The dynasty marketplace has not fully moved on to Sam Howell. It has not single single quarterback. Yeah, but in superflex, in superflex, Jordan Love is valuable. You know, in superflex right now, there is a disconnect from where we have Sam Howell ranked in our dynasty rankings versus his trade value and his trade equity. People talk about and Matt. The fifth round pick thing still matters to people. People don't have that level of safety with Sam Howell that they do some of these other quarterbacks. I think he's exactly the kind of guy that I would go out and shoot for trade offers. Where we have him in Dynasty is more accurate of like his actual value than what I think you'd have to pay. And I think you could go get Sam Howell in a super flex league uh, more easily than you would think for a guy putting up five QB1 overall weeks at age 23 years old. Like Sam Howell could turn out to be the super flex cheat code for a guy you're going to go out and trade for. You're, you're preaching to the choir. I know that. I just think that you're not giving league mates around the world enough credit. The bottom line is Kenny Pickett was a first-round pick. It, it, there's not a, a possibility, especially now that the Steelers are winning games, there's not a possibility that they go out and they replace him in the draft. 
It's not possible. I mean, if they were, if the team was was tanking, right? If and he was his, if his bad play was actually translating into a stacking of losses, then there could be an argument. Oh, they're going to replace him in the draft. But they're five and three. They're five and three. And when you talk to people in Pittsburgh that are not in fantasy football, they think that Kenny Pickett's doing okay. Right? They they actually like, well, what's wrong with Kenny Pickett? We're five and three. It's like, well, but but his fantasy points per game is like, wait, 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 this is, I don't care about fantasy. So he's fine. He's insulated, right? This reminds me, this very much reminds me of the Daniel Jones situation when he was heading into year three. And it was like, they're going to move on from Daniel Jones. This is the albatross around Dave Gettleman. And But the draft capital and the investment and then seeing the incremental improvements inside the organization that we don't see leads a team to continuing to build around that particular quarterback, even though the rest of us from the outside are looking and going, you guys are in, you guys are in QB purgatory. You need to pull the ripcord on Daniel Jones, but they don't, they don't. And now they're so many years into this Daniel Jones experiment and they're finally realizing, wait, we should have moved on all along. And this is what's going to happen in Pittsburgh. Should yeah, they move on from Kenny Pickett? Yes. Will they? No. And I think that's the reason why you invest in him, because the offensive line's only getting better. They continue to invest in developmental, like high upside, you know, high ceiling tackles in the draft. Eventually, he's going to get that extra second to throw. He has the weapons in Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth's not dead. So eventually, we're going to look up and go, oh, wow. Wow. Kenneth Pickett. Kenneth Pickett Sr. gave us that Daniel, that one Daniel Jones season that we were hoping for. Could be next year, could be the year after, but you should not be selling low on Kenny Pickett. Do not do it. Yeah, there. I think with everybody knows at this point that the move was to give Saquon Barkley the contract and franchise tag Daniel Jones, right? I mean, it was obvious then. It's obvious now. It, it, I just wonder when the day is, because if it's, it's so obvious to fantasy players, why is it never obvious to these GMs. I mean, the Bears trading the second round pick for Montez Sweat, which is going to be a top five second round pick. Like, wait for the guy to get into free agency when they traded a second round pick, which actually was a first round pick because it was pick 32 for Chase Claypool. Anyone in place fantasy football knew this was horrible. And I don't want to, you know, deviate from that too much, but horrible. we're talking about some trade deadline deals, guys. Kyler Murray is very interesting this week, right? Like, He's coming back in, in all it, it. I think we all know that they want to show that he's healthy in case they do want to trade him. I'm not saying it's for certain. So let's say he comes in and has three or four good games. Do you think like they put him back on the shelf? Because if he's injured by the start of the league year next year, March 5th or whatever it is, they have to fully guarantee him another year on his contract. So he needs to be healthy and pass a physical on March 5th and also prove that he could play football at a high level so they can get a return or keep him, Theo. I think if you were trying to keep Kyler Murray on ice and and you were keeping him just to trade him, I don't think you would need to bring him back to show that he's he's okay. I think that you would have just held on to Dobbs, um, who they didn't get anything for. So it's not like they traded Dobbs for, for any kind of amount. I think that's kind of like overthinking. I think you're going to see Kyler Murray for the rest of the season. I think they wouldn't bring him back if it was like, hey, let's play him for four weeks and then we're going to reshelve him. I think that's just overthinking it a little too much okay. uh, when it comes to the Cardinals. I think the ideal outcome for the Cardinals 
is that Kyler Murray comes back and looks like Kyler Murray, and they've got their quarterback, and they're building with Kyler Murray and a bunch of draft picks and a more of a more of a competent, uh, well-run coaching staff. I think that's the the ideal scenario for Arizona is they already have their quarterback that they don't need to pivot and they don't need to trade this guy. They have pick two and pick 15 if the draft was today, guys, right? So that's a viable strategy too. But let's say, you know, Drake Drake May has been moving up boards, being yeah. even talked about as like the number one overall pick. If the draft was today, they would have their choice of whoever falls to them between Marvin Harrison, which would be what Theo just said, build around yep. Murray, or to reset the clock because there'll be a market for Kyler Murray. I think it's going to be, I think that there's a possibility they trade down a little bit and end up with Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. or Brock Bowers or some elite pass-catching weapon. And it's also a, we'll get into this a lot in the offseason. We're going to do some really cool rookie stuff here for this 2024 class. But this 2024 class, like, it's the opposite of what Matt talked about where there's a lot of like beta type, slightly smaller receivers in our current rookie class. This upcoming class is all big alphas. There's going to be like five that go in the first round. There's multiple opportunities. Receivers. Yeah. You know, Keon, Keon Coleman at Florida State. There's all these Roma Dunze at Washington. There's and not that Marvin Harrison Jr. who's transformative, like change the game type prospect at wide receiver. So you you're going to see Arizona end up with one of these guys and an offensive lineman and build around Kyler Murray, I think is the ideal outcome. What's the other guy? I what they, call, they call him. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Shh. Spoiler alert. Kyler Murray is going to be a Cardinal for a long time. There you go. Kyler Murray's staying put. Kyler Murray's not going anywhere. Move on. Justin Fields will be a Falcon. The Bears will be drafting Caleb Williams, and the Cardinals will be drafting a wide receiver. That's it. That means the Giants, if the, if it all holds to form, gets Drake May. Drake May to the Giants, and then everybody's happy. What about that guy? They what about twelve inch? The the quarterback they call twelve, Michael Penix. <laughs> we like him, and listen, you guys, I highly recommend. <laughs> Highly recommend, and it's not, it's not, it's Alan, Alan, you got to go there. They don't call him 12 inch, that guy? So he's not going to go in the first round because of the injury history, but he's really good. Now, quarterback three is J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Matty Kiewum and I decided that on a future cast. We're all about that, J.J. McCarthy. A couple more quarterbacks that I think need to be discussed. So Kyler Murray, right back into our top eight or 10, it sounds like, you know, and, and he'll get better every week. I'm very curious to see that. Um, you you brought up Josh Dobbs. Is he going to be the starter for the Minnesota Vikings given the nature and the timing of Kirk Cousins' injury? So I guess really for our dynasty leagues, what should he be being transacted for at the deadline if you need a quarterback because you get the, the rest of the season and is there a chance that he actually starts the season as the Vikings QB1 in 24? He has more upside than Daniel Jones. So that, if you're going to use a second-round pick, I would... That's what I would be going for. I'd be going for a Josh Dobbs in Superflex, but you don't need. I think you can get him for a third rounder, can't you? Used to, but now that he's the unquestioned starter on a good offense, I've only been seeing him transacted for a second plus now. So it's, even a second is like the least. It used to be a third, right? It was a third. Now it's a second, and a second plus is fine too. I'm a believer. Yeah. 
the, these guys, they just need to put together a season. If they can put together a season, they're going to have value. There's going to be teams out there that need quarterback, and he's going to find himself playing, starting 10 games next year. That's just what's going to happen. I don't know which team it's going to be with necessarily. I can't guarantee it's he's going to you know start the year with the Vikings, and then they trade him to someone else. Then... He's gonna be a starter. It's gonna. I'm. I'm excited for Josh Dobbs. I think he's gonna be one of these journeymen that goes around the league as a hired gun, just winning games and making millions of dollars. I think it's awesome, and it's great for fantasy because he's so mobile. Is there ever been a quarterback like that, like a true mercenary that has weekly QB one upside? I, I like in the last ten years, I can't think of anybody offhand. I mean, whenever I think of journeymen, I always think of like Jameis uh, Winston. I think of Andy Dalton, but. Tyrod Taylor is Tyrod Taylor is the closest, but Tyrod Taylor has the weakest arm in the league, right? So Josh Dobbs, actually, he can throw the ball to the outside. He's got mobility. He's got size. The best example is, is Fitzpatrick, right? Fitzmagic. He was the one that we were, you were always excited went for fantasy when he was on a team. Right. So, and I, this is the next, this is the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh my God. This is, this is it. I love it. Who doesn't love that? It's magic. It's magic. Yep. So wait, hold on. One of you say it. So it's a, it's a real quote from the show. This way it could be on the quote card. Josh Dobbs is going to be a starter for years to come. He's the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. Love that. If we did that at the end of the show, guys, that would have been the greatest ending. <laughs> I was just thinking Matt, that. that would have been the greatest ending ever. <laughs> Tyler's in the chat. Our fearless producer, Tyler Knable, uh, he'll clip that up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good take. All right, um, some other players we need to talk about that I think can be transacted at our in our Dynasty League uh, trade deadline, guys. Uh, George Pickens, there's a lot of frustrations with him right now. Mm. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to uh, frame it like this. In Dynasty Fantasy Football, which Pittsburgh wide receiver do you think is more valuable moving forward for the rest of their career? And is George Pickens a, a buy low? Because you can get him low right now versus what he was a month ago. Or is he someone that you just want to Get your money back if you can. Well, what's what are you offering for George Pickens? But start with, uh, you know what, I, I asked, that's a Radio 101 faux pas. I asked two questions in one question. Start with um, who's the more valuable Pittsburgh wide receiver for the rest of their careers? Who are you guys going to rank higher at player profiler in Dynasty? Well, it's a five-year age gap, and George Pickens is an alpha. For me personally, I would rather have, if I had an a everything equal and you know whether I'm a contender versus a rebuilder, I'm a completely averse in that in that part of this situation. I am going to go with George Pickens. He's 22 years old. He's had three top 100 weeks. He's shown vast improvement from year one to year two. He just happens to be playing in an offense and with a quarterback who cannot support two targets. And Deontay Johnson is a target magnet, but Deontay Johnson is older than him. He's 27 years old. So I have, you know, conceivably four more years from Pickens and everything said, I'm going to go with the youth equity. Now, if if you get to a question and I'm a team that's going to make the playoffs this year, then I'd rather have Deontay Johnson because Deontay Johnson's a target magnet right now. So it's a nuanced question, Alan. But long term, I'm going to rank George Pickens higher in Dynasty and I'd prefer to have him if it was like a startup. Yeah, George Pickens will eventually help people win leagues. 
He's that good. In fact, if, if he had just stayed in school, because what were the concerns about George Pickens? That he's too intense, right? That was a, that was a legit criticism from NFL scouts. Listen, we're worried about this guy in the locker room because he's too intense. Yeah. Excuse me? I, th- I thought that you wanted guys with, with passion. So, okay, so that's, that's weird. Uh, and also the injury concerns. Right, that he can't stay healthy. He only played, you know, you know, same reason why Michael Wilson fell to the third round. George Pickens had a, a better talent profile, fell to the second round. Had he just stayed in school, gone to the senior bowl and shredded, right? He would have been the best receiver in the class. He would have been the guy that the Chargers were drafting that needed the next receiver. So imagine he stays in school, ends up having the Chargers passing game to himself longer term with Justin Herbert. Instead, he's trapped in Pittsburgh with <laughs> Kenneth Pickett and his gloves and Deontay Johnson on the other side, who's one of the target leaders of the last five years in the NFL. So I, if we could go back with sliding doors and, and change George Pickens' career choices, have him stay in school, he would have had a great time for another one more year at Georgia. Right. Oh, that sounds that sounds that sounds really, really boring going back to Georgia to win a championship. <laughs> like, man. George Pickens two touchdown catches against TCU and in the Podfather's multiverse, he's uh catching touchdown passes from Justin Herbert right now. And st- it'd be it's almost incredible. That's the thing I would have been because he would have fell to the Chargers because oh he's a senior, right? Uh, so, oh God, yeah, he could coming out when he did just wasn't didn't end up being the right move. I could see why though. At the beginning of the process, he was like, "Yeah, I'm the best receiver in this class," or "I'm I'm I'm right there with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Drake London. I'm going to be drafted top fifteen just like them." And then you know the fickle nature of NFL scouting it pushes him down to the mid second round. And even the Patriots passed on him. Even the giants giants fans, you drafted Wandell Robinson over George Pickens. George Pickens has a couple games this year with 10 targets. And in those games, he had uh, over a hundred air yards at almost 200 air yards in one of the games. So he has two wide receiver one performances, but then he also has four performances outside the top 50 that's the problem with george pickens is that the consistency has not been there and actually the target share two weeks with five targets he didn't have that all of last year so there's some concerns with george pickens like what's going on but the guy he was a five-star recruit we know that he has an incredible work ethic and passion for the sport and that he has the highlight reel catches. I just can't believe that a guy with that raw material and that kind of future in the league is going to crash and burn. I no. can't see it. I can't see it. And for that reason, in Dynasty, I, I actually like the Devontae Smith archetype, right? Give me a bunch of Jordan Addisons in Dynasty. I'll be happy with that. Right, I can get my edge with the other positions. I can just set it and forget it with a Jordan Addison. I actually like doing that, and so I have a lot more Deontay Johnson than the average Dynasty gamer for that reason. But the upside of George Pickens, he is just one of those characters that that captivates my imagination, and it's it's a rare case where I'm going to shoot for upside and I'm going to go Pickens. 
right. I think Alan, you could you could trade for him in two different ways. It's the the pivot down. If I'm somewhat of a rebuild or a neutral with my with my team approach, I could pivot down from an older wide receiver who's outproducing him the last few weeks, like a Mike Evans, Keenan Allen type. You mean? Yeah. Okay. And he goes from a, being a guy that a couple weeks ago I think people would have wanted a late first for. I think for the reasons Matt said, the target disparity with him and Deontay Johnson, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw out oh. an, a, you know I'd throw out an early second and a third and see if somebody counters me back. And I think eventually he'll be worth like essentially he's worth like two seconds right now in like an FFPC type league. Yeah, he's he's caught in between. He's not really a guy that could be traded for picks. He yeah. has to be. I like what you said. It's the older, productive now wide receiver, a team that has a third receiver that uh, that has Pickens as their third receiver, and it's just they're going for it. And you're sitting there with the DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen on your roster. If I have a Mark Cooper, and I know I'm not going to win the league this year, I'm going to offer him to the George Pickens manager and say, "Hey, do you want this?" Guy who scored twenty something points back to back weeks, clear number one on their team for your guy who can't who's like Matt said, you know, can't crack five targets the last two weeks. And I think that a lot of people are gonna bite the bullet and make that deal. I'm gonna push you on this a little bit here. How about would you just give Cooper Cup straight up for him? I'd want Pickens plus for Cup. I'm saying straight up. If that's the deal, you're declining it. If you if the if you're sitting there, you have he's not doing it, Alan. I because I think I can get more. Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is Larry Fitzgerald. He's got many years to go. Don't worry. Don't worry about that, man. But if you are going to trade George Pickens, I would do it now. I would do it now. And if you're trying to trade for him, I would wait because they're playing the Packers. Jair Alexander, it's a 39-point total. If he stacks yet another game with five targets and no production, he got a bailout touchdown a couple weeks ago. If we're talking... Three straight weeks where Deontay Johnson is the target leader and 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 the clear go-to receiver, and George Pickens is suddenly flailing for three straight weeks. There's there's no reason to try to trade for him now heading into this matchup. And George Pickens, get a foot down, man. Last week was ridiculous. Like I got your back here on Sonic Truth, so does the Podfather. But when you have a clear touchdown, get a second foot down in the end zone. That one was about as bad as it gets. Really, Theo? Really? Really? You're giving advice. You're giving on how to play the game to George Pickens. Really? Get a foot down, George Pickens. Get a George, get a foot down. Really? I, I, I say that as someone who just absolutely ripped Dalton Schultz to shreds because he couldn't get positive yards. Right? So he couldn't, he also couldn't get his foot down, but that was back-to-back plays. My standard is if, if you, do not look like an NFL receiver in back-to-back plays, then you open yourself up to criticism. But one play, dude, he'll get, trust me, George Pickens is going to, he's going to come back and he's going to regain your trust. I can promise you that, Theo. He's a really good player. No one is going to argue. This is the thing. This is the, it ultimately comes down to, is anyone in the chat going to say George Pickens is bad at football? No, that's, that's decided. Right. And now we're talking about a world where what if Kenneth Pickett Sr. has more time to throw next year as this offensive line continues to develop? I never heard him called Kenneth Pickett Sr. before, but I, but I like it. Is there a junior? Does he have a kid? He has no children. Okay. All right. So he's the future senior. When these guys have these like childlike nicknames like Kenny or Bobby, you know, in order to give them more reverence, 
I say their full name. I, I take away the, the, the childhood nickname is out, and we go full name, and then we add a suffix as well. Can I? He could be the third. He could be a senior. But that's how I show reverence. To, and, and he's a leader. I'm telling you, there's no one in Pittsburgh that's like, yeah, man, we really got to move on from Kenny Pickett. Meanwhile, every fantasy gamer is like, God, he's awful. Can I get us completely off topic on one thing that I'm actually shocked by right now, guys? We've made it over an hour into the show, and we haven't had Allen at one point reference Jerry Jones comparing winning a Super Bowl to a glory hole. Not once. Oh, I forgot about that. Right, 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 right. right. He doesn't know. That's just an old dude not, you know. Or me, or but by the way, have you ever had a glory hole before? Whoa, you think that Jerry Jones doesn't know what a glory hole is? That he just said it off the, because he thought it was a fun phrase to say? Like He's no Robert Kraft, you know what I'm saying? Robert Kraft has a, has a glory hole somewhere in his office. It built, <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, should, isn't it per, shouldn't uh, Robert Kraft and the Patriots trade for Deshaun Watson? Wouldn't that be, like, perfect? They can go together to Absolutely. the massage parlor, those two. Deshaun, I know all the best spots in town. I'd like to recommend a few places to you. Totally, totally. Uh, uh, yeah. By the way, glory hole—that's that's the one subcategory of porn I can't get into, and I, I'm into a lot of stuff there. But that one, man, it's it, it even creeps me out. I have to say, and I, I'm into almost anything. It just looks uncomfortable. Yeah, like your penis—you're gonna get a splinter putting it through the 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 wall, whatever it is. You know, it's, I think it's also a fake premise, right? Because my penis wouldn't fit through the wall; it would be stuck where the studs are. I'm just telling you, it's you know. But like, there's like a. I would need to bring a, an extra drill bit to to widen the hole for the soup can. The glory hole should be like the the anus, right? You should put your your anus up to it, and then someone should put the tongue inside. I knew you would save this, Alan. <laughs> I knew you would say something interesting. I was like, are we going to really bring up this topic, and no one will say anything interesting? And then, Alan, you did it, buddy. You took it too far. You took it too far. Yeah. I think I'm turned on right now. I have to be. I was just picturing it. So, <laughs> thinking maybe I am at the glory holes. I had no idea. I'm turned on butthole. Yeah, glory butthole. You know why? You never had your ass licked before. Have you ever done it to someone? End the show, guys. End the show. Let's ask the audience. It's nice. It's a nice thing to do. Am I lame the podfather am I lame that I have done neither I've not been on the receiving end nor the giving end of a wet butthole anal cutolingus I've just never done that in any way I've not been on either side of of the of the fence of the equation I haven't been there I don't know am I lame I've done some other cool stuff but I haven't done that, and I don't know. Maybe this is like a, a weak spot in my my sex resume. Yeah, no. You either you got also when you envision yourself. Do you envision yourself on all fours getting that, or on your back with your legs up like a woman? Happy baby. <laughs> Tyler, don't quote that. Shout out to Mojo, our sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I can I ask about uh, Demario Douglas? Yeah, speaking of ass licking, 
I have a lot of, of players to talk about. I want to ask Theo about Demario Douglas. Demario Douglas is, has been one of the most searched for players on Player Profiler for weeks. And he disappointed last week. Everyone thought, hey, this is the week. It's the Washington secondary. And then he and Juju put up the same stat line. And it was like 10 fantasy points. But this week, they get the Colts, who get absolutely demolished, shredded, destroyed by outside wide receivers. Juju is going to occupy Kenny Moore on the inside. Kenny Moore is Kenny Moore. He's not Kenneth Moore Sr., and it's going to be all about Demario Douglas, Super Demario on the outside, assuming he has a, like a fifteen plus fantasy points. This isn't this like the quintessential insta sell wide receiver that we look for every year? Isn't this the one we circle? It's before the trade deadline. It's an undrafted guy. It's the worst possible offense to have you know, be relied upon for consistent fantasy production. It's two of the best secondaries to face. Everything is lining up. No Kendrick Bourne. Have you ever seen a better sell candidate? And do you think there's anyone that would be gullible enough to take him off your hands? Let's say he has a 20-point week. I'm gullible enough. I would take him. I, I might like Douglas a little bit more than you do, Matt. I had him my number one waiver wire recommendation like two weeks ago. Um, I still put him in the top three this week behind Keaton Mitchell. Like he's had back-to-back weeks with seven targets, and he also is able to operate in the slot. And the one reason I wouldn't be so quick to just brush him off is the manufactured rushing attempts. But yeah, Matt, if somebody wants to give you a second-round pick for him, you know, if you can get a dynasty second for Demario Douglas, then yeah, I'm cashing in based on the available. Basically, he's. His, he see, sees an opportunity go way, way up because of the loss of Kendrick Bourne. And by definition, if you need Kendrick Bourne to get out of the way for you to be more fantasy viable, then you're probably a sell and not a hold. But I do think right. Douglas is going to be in the league longer than we think. The guy's, guy's good, and the beat reporters loved him all all training camp. Like He flashed and flashed and flashed. This wasn't a guy that like, like crept up on us. Small school guy from Liberty. Um, but he's got real quickness and also the... The manufactured rushing attempts. But Matt, if you give me a second round pick for Demario Douglas, I'm gonna take it, but I'm not gonna like Of course you're taking yes. it. Listen to yourself. The second, yes. We should put together a montage of all the Dynasty podcasts back through time that have talked themselves into undrafted wide receiver X that put up a few weeks. Do you know I have two football cards that sit in front of me that stare at me right under the camera did you guys know this we're getting in the lab with the podfather i have two football cards i have two football cards and this is this is my north star my guiding my guiding principles here we have a signed jeff janice card sent to me by a listener so i i I treasure this okay this was a guy with incredible workout metrics a super dominant small school college receiver and caught two consecutive Hail Marys, the first and last time that's ever going to be done, and then he was immediately flushed out of the league. Okay, What could have been? He could have been a Pro Bowl receiver had he landed on a different team with a different quarterback in different circumstances with a different coaching staff. There's no guarantees that any particular NFL player is going to become what they become. You know, it's, it's, it's very much in God's hands. 
right? When you when you when you go out there and and join the NFL, there's no guarantees, no matter how hard you work. Uh, and so I, I I like to know that the the ultimate uncertainty of what ends up happening to these players in Dynasty. Jeff Janis was drafted in the sixth round, I believe, and then we have another sixth round pick. His name is Travis Fulgham. Okay, Travis Fulgham. And Travis Fulgham was doing what DeMario Douglas was doing with the Eagles for a period of time. And you could get a second rounder for him. There you go. Okay. And and it's it's time and time and time and time again. And then then this offseason, who who were people drafting on underdog in best ball, thinking he was the number one receiver for the Giants? Isaiah Hodgins. It's every year, guys. And it's multiple players. It's not just one guy every year. There's three guys every year that fit this profile. And they very, 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 very rarely ever become anything. Right? The Antonio Brown archetype is literally once every 10 years. Small school guy drafted in the sixth round. Breaks out and then becomes a perennial pro bowler. It's just so rare. Okay, you can want to say Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs came out early from Maryland. Okay, so that's not the same thing. That's what we're talking about at all. Okay, right. Tyreek Hill. Diggs was also a mega recruit, and and Tyreek Hill also was a big time Big Twelve recruit. Yes, big time Big. Yeah, it, no, yeah. yeah. You're not giving me Tyreek Hill. You're not giving me Stephon Diggs for for multiple reasons. Yeah. They don't. They don't. This is not what I am yeah. talking about. And I had this aha moment when I went on this betting show and I talked about how you got to take the Patriots over the bills, certainly against the spread, but you need to think about taking the money line as well. Because anytime I look up and I see a home dog getting eight and a half points, that's always the easiest bet. It's like, that's my first bet. And then I'm betting everything else. Right. And we see the Jets did this, right? The Jets were at home. You gave us this one, Matt, the Chiefs Jets, you were all over that big line and right down to the right. The, the, the Jets were at home against the Chiefs. It didn't seem like they had a, a chance to even cover. Meanwhile, they won the game, right? And the other, the two other hosts on this betting show dismissed me with a with a hand, you know, with my Patriots pick. And you know what they called me? They called me a system better. They called me a system better. And apparently, in the betting world, that is that is a, an, an an egregious insult right you should feel aggrieved by that that you you would be called a system better that means you lack sophistication and you're just you know basically running the lines through a a, an algorithm that says based on the algorithm you know a home dog getting more than seven points has the highest probability of covering irrespective of what the the game situation is, the team situations are, et cetera, et cetera. That's just a that's just a system play. And then I and so the podcast ends and I have to look myself in the mirror and go, well man, I'm gonna be right about all my picks, but are they just system picks? I mean am I I think I also picked the Eagles over the the Dolphins. Why? Because the Dolphins hadn't beaten a team with a winning record yet. Jeez, that's pretty simple. Man, you really need to dig into the injury reports. You really need to get into what the coaches were saying if you really want to have a good take on a betting show, Matt. You're just a system person. You're a system analyst. And, you know, so I, I went to bed questioning who I am. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning realizing, guess what, guys? 
I'm a system guy. I'm a system guy. And I thought about all the dynasty trades I've ever done just based on the system. I don't care what he is. I don't care that he went to Liberty. I don't care that he's a great athlete. I don't care what the coaches say. I don't care if the undrafted guy is going to flash big production and he's going to exceed all expectations and he's going to go to the Colts and he's going to put up 20 fantasy points. Because why Kendrick Bourne's out and uh, someone is gullible enough to send a second rounder my way, I don't care about what his profile is. This is the one situation I would say, do not go to playerprofiler.com. Do not stop. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Just trade him. Just push the button. Trade him. <laughs> this, is, this is it. I love it. Who doesn't love that? Michael Penix. <laughs> you just traded everybody. What did it cost? Everything. George Pickens, two touchdown catches against TCU. And in the Podfathers multiverse, he's uh, catching touchdown passes from Justin Herbert right now. Do you not feel dirty, Alan? Do you not feel dirty? And George Pickens, get a foot down, man. Like a parachute coming down from the the Hunger Games dome. Bryce Young doesn't exist. Carolina Panthers are the worst. Get a foot down, George Pickens. Kyler Murray is going to be a Cardinal for a long time. There you go. Just very smart at fantasy stuff. Fantasy data guy. Get a foot down, George Pickens. I'm gullible enough. I would take him. Meanwhile, every fantasy gamer is like, God, he's awful. You know, Why? You've never had your ass licked before? I've not been on the receiving end nor the giving end of a wet butthole. Whoa. You think that Jerry Jones doesn't know what a glory hole is? That he just said it off the, because he thought it was a fun phrase to say? Like He's no Robert Kraft. You know what I'm saying? Robert Kraft has a has a glory hole. I'm trading all these picks. <laughs> I'm trading all these picks. I don't want this class has been the underreported disaster of dynasty. Robert Kraft has a has a glory hole. You know why? You never had your ass licked before? And I don't know, maybe this is like a, a weak spot in my my sex resume. You don't call him twelve inch, that guy? That's not his name. Josh Dobbs, actually, he can throw the ball to the outside. He's got mobility. He's got size. When you envision yourself, do you envision yourself on all fours getting that or on your back with your legs up like a woman? He's got size. You know why? You've never had your ass licked before? Car that's parked with flat tires and rust. But, man, if we could kick the tires on this thing and get this, get it reinflated you know, and someone could work on the engine, this thing could really start, this thing could really become something. We could start this thing up and uh, it, it could be a roadster. This would be, this would be interesting. This is the one situation I would say, do not go to playerprofiler.com.
yeah, by the way, glory hole, that's that's the one subcategory of porn I can't get into. And I, I'm into a lot of stuff there, but that one, man, it's it, it even creeps me out, I have to say. And I, I'm into almost anything. I'm going to take it. Yeah, speaking of ass licking, right? No. And I thought about all the dynasty trades I've ever done just based on the system. I don't care what he is. I don't care that he went to Liberty. I don't care that he's a great athlete. I don't care what the coaches say. I don't care. Because my penis wouldn't fit through the wall. It would be stuck where the studs are. Shout out to Mojo, our sponsors. Who would ever thought that Kirk Cousins is part of a rebuild? <clears throat> Kyler Murray is going to be a Cardinal for a long time. Drake made of the Giants. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good take. Josh Dobbs is going to be a starter for years to come. He's the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good take. You took it too far. You took it too far. I think I'm turned on right now. I have to be. I was just picturing it. So, you know why? You never had your ass licked before. Robert Kraft has a has a glory hole. The glory hole should be like the the anus, right? Think of maybe I am at the glory holes. I had no idea.